Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Operation Earth. Conversations with comedians about climate change. Hosted by me, Dr. Matt Winning. I've been an environmental researcher for the last decade and also a stand-up comedian for almost the same amount of time. For years, I used comedy really as an escape in the evenings to stop thinking about how terrible everything was on this planet. But now I think it's time we talk about it, hence this podcast. So in each episode, I speak to a different special guest comedian about what's been happening recently to our planet, what they are doing about it, and any of their worries or questions they have about planet Earth. But it's going to be funny. It's a podcast for anyone who cares about the planet, but probably isn't doing much about it. This is for you. Presented by Dr. Matt Winning. Here we go. This week's episode is with Andy Zaltzman, one of the finest political satirists in the world operating today. Uh, I had a chat with him about some stuff. You might know Andy from the Bugle podcast, from his Satirist for Hire shows. I did an episode of TV with him on Matt Ford's uh, Unspun last year. He was on that, and he's done loads of stuff. He's just one of the funniest guys there is. So let's just get straight to it. This is Andy Zaltzman. So here we are. We're joined by Andy Zaltzman, and we're calculating his carbon footprints. Oh, and he's got a quite... uh, Okay, it's about 15.4 tonnes is what they've given you. Right. 15.4 15.4 tonnes. Is that um, a year? A year. Right. Yeah. That sounds like quite a lot of carbon. Quite a lot yeah. a year. Because um, I don't even weigh that much. No. That's quite a few yeah. elephants. What, an yeah. elephant's about a ton or something? So 50 elephants. Roughly. But I don't eat any elephants, so that's got to balance out a You're bit. You're probably okay yeah. elephant-wise. I mean, as long as the elephant's doing some offsetting yeah. somewhere else, you'll be all right. So they compare it to a 2020 target. Uh, right. the UK government of 10.5 tonnes per person. Okay, so I've got to cut down quite a lot. So you're about, yeah, 57% right. over where you should be. And we'll find out. Right, well, my career is definitely on the slide, so I'll probably do less touring in the future, so I mean, that's going to help, <laughs> isn't it? What's bad for your career is good for the planet. The planet, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you can always see an upside yeah. to... You get McIntyre doing that, yeah. No, exactly, he's... Yeah. He's touring <laughs> far too big. Oh, so here we go. This right. is the breakdown. Okay. It says that 55% of your carbon footprint is travel. Right. Um, which so is, that's mostly the long-haul flights? That's probably going to be those couple of long-haul right. flights, which you can put down to your employer. So it does say that that's your employer's right. fault, but unfortunately you are your own okay. employer yeah. in this instance. So you can have a word with your employer about right. whether they will do some carbon offsetting yeah. or whether they will stop, you know, Sort of find another mode of transport. Right. But what I'd say is speak to your employer. Yeah. And then 
see what they have to say about okay. it. Okay. What, what do you think, Europe? Well, I, I can't imagine that going particularly well, no. ending in some kind of ugly public slanging match on a train. Yeah. Well, it's on a train. Yeah. Tip one, cycle. So the tips here are... Transatlantic cycling hasn't ever fully taken off, has it? I mean, this is one of the great problems. Well, the problem is it's not taken... Literally hasn't taken off, which is... It would be great if if you could sort of fly and cycle at the same time. I did have a book as a kid that Mm. I vividly remember. It had a picture of a little kid in a... It was like a helicopter bicycle Mm. just cycling through the sky. Wow. So that, and how that, was that? I mean, it, and that was that, forty that was years ago. A long time ago. So yeah. why is that not? Why is that not happening? It's taken for it. Well, the government's clearly not subsidised. Yeah. Soar bike helicopters. Yeah. And if they had, at the time, I don't know who was in power then. Yeah. Well, it's Thatcher, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that, but yeah. typical, isn't it? Yeah. Talks good game on the environment, and then yes. pop, no policies to back yeah, it up. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to close down all the coal mines, you've got to support the exactly the solar powered. You, Bicycopter. You need industry. something to replace the coal yeah. coal mine. You know, Wales could have had a whole industry there of yeah. solar power bicycles. Yeah. So the tips, yeah, right. where I could cycle. I mean, it could cycle most. You could cycle to India. Yes. Do you think you would ever do that? Uh, no. Um, but I mean, you, you can you can you can you pop can. A, pop on the train across the channel yeah. with your bike, yeah. and then toddle off, and then keep going. Other tips are use public transport, which yeah. you're always ready to do, and drive smarter. Um, so try to, to do with not spending money on clothes and personal grooming. <laughs> I don't know. So I mean, there's not really much you can do about this, is there? Apart from turn down work. Yeah. <laughs> Which. Yeah. I don't know if you're in a position to turn down no, work or not. not. I don't not want to entirely, make any judgments. Matthew, no. Food. So food is about twenty percent of your carbon footprint, which is equal to one small car. Right. Is, is what you're eating a year. Uh, based on the UK average annual UK car emissions. Do you remember that guy in the 80s who used to be on telly quite a lot called Monsieur Mange 2, who <laughs> ate an entire light aircraft? <laughs> but I, I'm just eating I, this I don't, I, don't, I don't remember him. Right. But I like the name. Yeah, he ate, he ate an aircraft. What, what, when you say on TV, did he have his own TV programme? Well, he used to crop up on various different things. things. I feel like breakers. a sort of record breakers. Yeah, is what I'm most light aircraft eaten one. <laughs> Things like that. It's good that it was a light aircraft and he didn't... <laughs> he didn't go for the full jumbo. He didn't no. go for a... Oh, dear. Um, Maybe he was sounding a warning for future generations. Exactly. We need to eat these... We air- need to eat these aircraft before they eat us, metaphorically. Oh, that's a wonderful metaphor. Yeah. Mr. Mon- Mr. Monge, Monge too? too. yeah. I wonder what he's doing now. I believe he is no longer with us. Okay. I believe he's gone to the great digestive tract in the sky. <laughs> He was eaten by someone else <laughs> upon dying and passed on to yeah. someone else. Your home is very uh, carbon uh, efficient, it said. I mean, it says switch energy pressures you already have. It gives you sort of terrible... T- the tips on here are useless, essentially. Yeah. But yeah, you're doing a lot in your house, which is good. And it says then, embrace new technology, but surely that's the root of the whole problem, isn't it? With the, the industrial revolution. People embrace new technology and look where it got us. What type of technology? It depends what if type of technology. If the Luddites had won the day, none of, <laughs> I wouldn't be sitting here with you with this, this survey on a laptop. No, we'd have been fine. Yeah. We'd have been sitting in, I don't know. We'd have just been sitting on a bale of hay. Yeah. Just chewing on chewing a on hedgehog, some, hedgehog without feeling yeah. guilty about it. Pulling little things out, yeah. bits of hedgehog out of teeth yeah. with the spikes. Na- nature's natural toothbrush. Yes, exactly. You're pretty good on stuff. Buy one expensive thing. That's it's a tip. <laughs> it says right. 
Tip one, buy one expensive thing. Okay. What, what well, what buy? if that one expensive thing is a... You know, private a tank. tank or something. Yeah, or a <laughs> private jet. That's defeating the object Yacht. already, isn't it? Yeah, I don't really know who this a is either. Cattle ranch in America. <laughs> it's not helping, is it? I don't think it's a good tip. Right. What does it say? It says, we live in a culture of disposable, disposable fashion, which is yep. taking its toll on the environment. Buy one well-made expensive item of clothing. Oh, so it's clothing. Oh, clothing, right. Rather than constantly replacing it with cheaper okay. alternatives. So it's basically saying... Suit of armour. <laughs> Exactly that. I'd say that's tip number one. Yep. Tip number two, buy someone else's second-hand <laughs> suit of armor. Suit of armor. <laughs> there we go. Just clean the bloodstains off, <laughs> patch up the spear holes, and there you go. Off. And off you Good go. Good as new. Off you go to work. Yep. Put on a tie if you have to. <laughs> suit of armor all the way. Okay, well, thanks very much. All right. Um, well, yeah, I was thinking... It's a good excuse not to go to work quite often. Yeah. Not, well, I'm just trying to save, especially yeah. for me, I'm, I'm just trying to save the planet. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not going to come in today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's good, you know, we just need to reframe these things as, yeah. It's all about perception, isn't it? Crime sprees. Yeah. Doing nothing. It's all good for the group. It's all the greater, yeah. greater good. We need to stop thinking we about ourselves. We need more lethargic serial killers, that's what you're saying. That's yeah, serial, serial killers, but they only kill within a very small radius right. okay. of uh, where they live. Yeah. I think that's the best idea. All right, we can build a better world. Yeah, exactly. Should we talk about football? You're always happy to talk about sport. Always right? good to talk about sport. Yeah. I know nothing about cricket, so right. we... But we, that is a tragedy. I'm sorry. That you can easily rectify. How e- easily? Do you have well, to take a course or anything, or is it... No, you just have to set aside a few days of your life to sit in front of a telly and watch a, watch a test match. I, I did hear about some... There was a news story about climate change affecting cricket in the future. Yes. Well, yeah. it could I mean, affect the weather. That, of course, affects the, exactly. the nature of the pitches. And, and games yeah. being... Yeah. Also, the balls are made of leather, so and that's obviously that's, yeah, a huge carbon be. footprint. Okay, so you're going to have to have that's some different balls. Uh, apples or something. <laughs> Go back, go back. Yeah. Back to apples. Back to Apple basic. cricket. Well, it began in the Garden of Eden, of course. Apple oh, yeah. and, a, and a dead snake. <laughs> Rigor mortis afflicted <laughs> snake. The first ever test match. Yeah. Was it just the two Boys of them? Girls, I think. Right, yes. <laughs> football. We've, yep. We we play football together yep. occasionally. Um, I haven't been for a while uh, uh, because the climate change appears to be getting worse. <laughs> Well, does that affect whether or not you're going to play? Yeah, you wake yeah. wake up in the morning and think, oh, I can't play football. Cause... I should probably try. Well, if you think about it, exercise, when people exercise, they breathe more. Yeah. So that's more CO2 coming out, isn't it? Exactly. So. Well, they take more oxygen in and then more CO2 going out. So, yeah. yeah. So that's bad. So people shouldn't exercise. So people should not exercise ever. Ever. Yeah. For the sake of the environment. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we ban sports. Yeah. I don't know the, the carbon footprint. That's what snooker is the most environmentally friendly sport there is. <laughs> Although I think the the balls are supposed to be made of endangered uh, rhinoceros Rhinos. testicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have to have different coloured ones. Yeah. Diff- it's just actually different rhinos. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, okay. Yeah, good year for English football in Europe. The European Cup final is two English teams. Yes. Uh, the Europa League is two English teams. Yes. So, and three of those four teams all come from London. From London. And one of them's 220 miles away. Yeah. Yeah, they are going uh, to Madrid, Madrid and Baku. Yes, in Azerbaijan, which is just off the end of the of the one five seven bus route, I think. Right, got you. Yeah. 
Um, so you can get a bus. Yeah. Is the main thing. <laughs> uh, so I think this is beginning to put into perspective. Uh, people have been saying this is an unnecessarily, you know, given that people are beginning to care about climate change a yeah. bit more, feels unnecessary to make all these people travel halfway across the world. Yes. When we could just play it. Yeah. Here. Of course. Like, I mean, they don't have to go. You could, I mean, you could watch it. Just watch it on TV. Yeah, and just you know, maybe someone from Arsenal could, t- could from the coaching team, yeah, could rig up a big speaker uh-huh. and with their phone in it, and they could do a Skype a conference call with all the fans, yeah. and then broadcast the noise of them cheering into the stadium. Got you. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So conference calls are the way forward is essentially for sport. Yeah. For sp- um, it's not really a carbon footprint. It's more kind of carbon boot shaped scarring after a studs up. Roy Keane style leg breaker, isn't it? That, that game. But then, sport worrying about its carbon footprint. But yeah. you know, kind of major club sports has all these kind of international competitions. You know, and only now, yeah, people have started. They don't worry about oh, there's this kind of elongated group stage where all these teams fly around. Them. It's just because it's a final. final. So why, why why was there no complaint in the group stage? Why is there no complaint? Is football expanded because it went from a knockout competition to these overlong group stages? No yeah. one's complained then. It's just because of this final when we just highlighted the financial inequalities of, of world football. And for football to suddenly start worrying about its carbon footprint <laughs> now, it's like a lion wearing a zebra rights badge whilst still licking the blood from its chin and picking bits of black and white fur out of its teeth, isn't it? <laughs> and also yeah. when you think of the ownership of English clubs, there's quite a lot of oil money that's gone into it. So the only reason they've reached the final in the first place is it's because, of, because oil, of oil, essentially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or not, not in all of the cases of the clubs. but Oil or yeah. gas. Yes. They're the owner, of, the owner of Arsenal. Yeah. He, uh, Stan Kroenke, owns numerous sports franchises in America. In American sports, they play yeah, every every day, every couple of days in baseball, ice hockey all the time, yeah. and basketball. They're flying around the USA. They, I don't think they get trains or greyhound buses. <laughs> So, but only now, only this one, this one, this one kind of unusual occurrence yeah. of uh, all these teams making the uh, for some reason the final people are paying attention. Yeah, it's just it had to have this weird yeah. confluence of lots of English teams yeah. for us to go. Oh, actually, wait a minute. Yeah, this might not be such a great idea. Yeah. What do you think of all, all sports? Like, you know, say the Olympics. Yeah, and you know, athletics. You know, a long jumper. To, get, to win the Olympic long jump final, that is. A maximum of nine jumps. Yeah, and you might have to travel twenty five thousand miles there and back to jump. So you think they should be made to jump? There? They should just jump in their own garden. Yeah, measure it, send it in by email, and we'll know we who can the all champion take part. is. Exactly, make it, it yeah. democratise it, it and saves the environment. Yeah, I did a quick calculation and worked out. So the estimate in terms of forty five thousand fans travelling yep. to Madrid and Baku is about. 35,490 tonnes yeah. of CO2, which is just slightly more than the annual emissions of the country of Kiribati. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I mean, how big is football in Kiribati? Maybe they can, you know, for the sake of football, they can all just ease up on their carbon emissions for a year, can't they? Balance it out. The good of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. The Dutch, their football team may well disappear in the future. <laughs> Well, yes, we'll just become a water polo side. I guess so, yes, change sports. Yeah. yeah, that's probably a good idea. I did think, I was wondering if the Dutch, you know, because Dutch people, oh, every Dutch person I meet is, tends to be very tall. Yeah, it's basic so, self-preservation. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. It must be sort of genetically they're trying yeah. to make themselves taller so that they'll... 
be able to stand in their own country <laughs> for longer. <laughs> Darwin was right. Absolutely. Yeah. Turns out. Tipping points. Tipping points. Environmental tip of the week. Why not fill your diesel car with petrol so you can't drive it? Environmental tip of the week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Moving on to slightly more yep. extreme sports now, right. I thought we could maybe talk about uh, mountain climbing. Are, okay. you, are you into mountain climbing? Uh, not really. No. I've never really been in a place and been trying to get to another place. Yeah. And there being a mountain in between the place I am and the place I want to be uh-huh. without thinking I, I bet I can get there by going around the mountain. Yeah. So I've avoided having to climb to the top of mountains. Yeah, okay. And yeah. and you think that's a metaphor for for my refusal to take on big pointless challenges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um you've been to in- you've been to India a few times? I have, yes. But not to the not to the mountain, mountain bits. bit. Okay. I'd quite like to go to the mountain bits yeah, of yeah. India. Um I'm from a, a mountainous a fairly mountainous country. Yeah. I think, Scotland. Um I'm not sure the Himalayas would acknowledge that. They are, no, that's the cr- thing. They'd get a bit crocodile com- there. That's not a mountain. Climate change news recently about melting glaciers on yeah. Mount Everest, um, which I don't know if you've heard of Mount Everest, one of the big I ones. Have. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cracker. Big, big yeah. old chap. Um, but yeah. it has a lot of glaciers in that region, uh, yeah. which uh, people use for things like water. Right. Uh, and. Yeah, the, the foundation of life itself. That sort that of thing. Stuff. Yeah. But a lot of the glaciers are, are melting, obviously, yeah. in that region due to climate change. And um, it's uncovering a lot of dead bodies of oh. mountaineers which have right. uh, died on the way up. Um, yes. I think something like 300 climbers have been killed uh, yeah. since people started attempting it in about 1922. Just, just, you just wish one of them would make it to the top and then they'd have to stop trying, wouldn't they? You would think so, wouldn't you? Do you think sports should have more dead bodies involved in order to make them more interesting? Is what I'm thinking. Like, do you think? Well, I mean, climbing Everest. I mean, it's not a massive spectator sport, isn't it? No, you don't have you know live. Do you coverage. think it should be? You don't have 
you know, on a Saturday afternoon, ex-mountaineers sat in the Sky Sports studios watching TVs of other people climbing mountains saying, oh, he's fallen off. You don't get that. <laughs> Which is a shame. Which is absolutely a shame. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's aimed far too much at... Uh, yeah. Well, mountaineering is very much skewed as a sport in favour of the physically exceptional. Yeah, and sher- so, Sherpas. Like, it's another reason snooker's superior Ab- to everything. Absolutely. I think you're <laughs> definitely bringing me around to snooker <laughs> as uh, probably the best sport for all reasons. Yeah. Because it's, it's not a sport, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of these, 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 these bodies have been there for decades and decades. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously if you've decided to try and climb a mountain, you've made a decision that, that <laughs> that's clearly an option, isn't yes. it? Yes. I guess these things are in some ways, they're sort of one of the great metaphors for the whole of the environmental issue, a sort of a physical echo of past human follies <laughs> gradually revealed by the products of our own inaction. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking... put that on a headstone. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Shh. Just humanity's headstone. I think. Also, it, I mean, I read this story and I just thought that just sounds like scene one of a zombie movie. Yes, the I'm zombie mountaineers. Zombie main. I mean, we don't. Yeah, I mean, zombies are terrifying enough as it is, but without being able to scale an almost nine thousand meter peak. Yeah, and they're all coming down from the mountains. Yeah. That's quite a good. Um, yeah. We shouldn't give this. We shouldn't put this out. Actually, we should yeah. just uh, sell the rights of this to. There was another rather charming story about Everest a few weeks ago, um, which I covered on on, on the Bugle about mm. a, a dog that followed a team up a mountain and got to eight thousand three hundred meters up. Just this dog <laughs> followed them up, and, which very much gave the message to humans: <laughs> you are not really cut You're out for, with all your equipment and your <laughs> special fabrics and your oxygen involved. There's just this dog running up a mountain to the top of a Himalaya. <laughs> Maybe we should accept our limitations as a species. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've certainly done that. I think. Wow. Uh, so, uh, dogs. You don't. They don't get enough credit for this sort of stuff, do no. they? And we should probably just be racing dogs up and down mountains and watching that on a Saturday that, afternoon. I mean, that is t- quality television. That's great television. Yeah. I mean, again, that's, we could I mean, that's sell why that. greyhound racing has declined as a sport mm. because it's always done on the flat. Yes. Same yeah. age, going round and round an oval. Yeah. Chasing a rabbit. Rather than putting a rabbit on, on, a, on a special device that flings it up a mountain. <laughs> Throwing it up a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. It's the way to go. You could even just get a, get a toy rabbit out of a giant T-shirt cannon, <laughs> ping it up a mountain, <laughs> off go the dogs. Yeah. Are you telling See me which one everyone in the world would not tune in for that? What is this podcast about? <laughs> I mean, it'd be weird if, you, you know, someone that you love died... Do you think, because I guess they're going to be kept quite well, they're not going to be ageing as much, so... Yeah, you get, they probably look great. Yeah, you probably get your husband's dead body back, you're now in your 80s, he's still a 35-year-old. <laughs> I mean, this, again, this is something like you're just workshopping a sitcom idea, Matt. <laughs> he's dead. Granny and the corpse, episode one, <laughs> I'm tuning in. <laughs> dog, so we've got dog racing, zombie mountaineers, <laughs> granny and the corpse. Right. Three TV shows. See you in Hollywood. See you there. So elsewhere in climate change news, um, and I know you mentioned this on the Bugle the other week, I think, about yep. uh, how scientists in Cambridge are yes. setting up a radical centre to repair, so the centre for repairing the earth or something. Yeah. And they've come up with a whole host of things yeah. like refreezing the polar ice caps and carbon capture and pouring 
sort of anti-acid stuff into the ocean to try to... Yeah. Do you, do you think this is the way forward? Do you think we need more Bond villains? Yeah, that's it. More batshit crazy ideas. Yeah. I mean, well, more... I think it's reached that stage, hasn't it? I think so. Um, the, uh, yeah, cloud brightening. Cloud brightening, I've not heard yeah. of that one before. Do you think that's... So that's blasting particles of salt into clouds to make them brighter. brighter. And that reflects more light, so it keeps the... Yep. So basically, yeah, ice caps cooler. I mean, I've started spraying salty water around wherever I go now, and let me tell you, socially, it is it can can get awkward. It can be difficult, yep. especially in crowded. Yes. Uh, there's and they've come up with a scheme to point the exhaust pipes on aeroplanes upwards, so the pollution goes into space instead of Earth. Okay. Wow, that's quite a good idea. Um, ocean greening. Yeah. Who I think played for the Boston Red Sox in the nineteen thirties. <laughs> So that's pouring bits of iron into the ocean. Yeah. Bits of iron. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's just like great big bars of iron. Just and old ships. Throwing ships into the ocean. Which they're already but there. apparently stimulates algae. Then the algae blooms on the surface. Yeah. And absorbs CO2 because of uh, magic or photosynthesis. I'm not sure which. You know, plankton belching causes 35% of all global carbon emissions. Plankton's... Yeah. Plankton yeah. belching. I've just made that up. <laughs> spread, spread it's the not word. plankton farts, it's plankton belching. belching. People get mistaken. Yeah. But it's it's a lovely little village in Gloucestershire as well. Um. <laughs> um, so the report, it was uh, one of the people involved, the government's former chief scientific advisor, Professor Sir David King. David King, yeah. He said this, what we do in this life echoes in eternity. <laughs> Um, he got a bit uh, got a bit gladiator <laughs> He's on it. I mean, what his exact words were: "What we do over the next ten years will determine the future of humanity for the next ten thousand years." Which Maximus Decimus Meridius could easily have said. Have said yeah. What we do over the next ten minutes with this key battle? Got to get hit that first battle, that first contact. Get straight hard in there. Rugby match, isn't it? Yeah, the yeah, first yeah. Scrum. It's all about that. Stick um, tight. But anyway, Don't give anything away in the first ten minutes. Slightly longer winded terms than uh, Russell Crowe. Yeah, so you're you're saying what we need is more Russell Crowe Crow gladiator scientists yeah. coming out with. Yeah, you know they're going to go to the. Basically, they're going to get the head of I don't know who the CEO of Exxon is, yeah. but they're going to find him and yeah. then going to say, so "I am Professor Sir David King. Fa- I am father to a son to a, to a son who splutters his way to school because of urban pollution. Husband to <laughs> to a, a wife who can't get anywhere in a car now because she's not allowed to drive it in central London. I mean, yeah. it's you know, harrowing personal tales of vengeance, and I will have my vengeance. Yeah. I watched a film. Now, this story might take a little bit of time. Thank yeah. you. Uh, it was was it uh, Better Off Dead, starring John <laughs> Cusack? <laughs> it wasn't this time, oh. but I will add it to the list. It was recommended to me, or say recommended, it was told uh, to me by a friend, and it's called Snowpiercer. Um, right. And it stars a whole bunch of people. Uh, so many films do. Yeah. Well, you know, not a cast of one. Uh <laughs> It had John Hurt, yep. uh, Ed Harris, Tilda Swinton, yep. the man from it's Captain America. I don't know what his name is. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Really. Yes, yeah. uh, he's the main guy in it. Right. And Jamie Bell. Yeah. And basically, the plot of the film is that uh, we put we tried to stop global warming, so we put too much uh, stuff into the sky. Something called CW seven, right. which I don't think is a real thing. Uh, but we put that into the sky to cool the planet, but we cooled it too much, and now the planet is just frozen everywhere. Oh, right. And all of humanity is on a train 
that just circles the earth. Right. And that's the, the, and the, then the part of the film is... Right. It sounds like Southern Trains in the Morning to be honest. <laughs> Eternal, inescapable hell. I mean, somebody, that's probably where they came up with yeah. it, I think. They sort of... <laughs> just an idea. Just stuck outside Clapham Junction. They took the train from Orpington. <laughs> and they thought, this is some sort of nightmarish hell. Yeah. I wonder if someone will buy the film rights to this so that we get some good out of it. The interesting thing about the film, which, uh, which um, the, not the film itself, but there's a, a fan theory about the film um, that it's a sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Really? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, um, which I would highly recommend people watching on YouTube. Um, basically, you think that the, char- the, the main Ed, Ed Harris's character, who's the sort of... Yeah. Um, is he called Charlie Bucket or not? He's not. Right. So which is the main issue. Where if he was, yeah. I think they would be like, well, it, it definitely is. People have fake names, don't uh, they? But exactly. Yeah. But there's big W's about the train everywhere, like, ah, like there right. was on the Wonka stuff. Okay. And also the whole thing is basically them going from a carriage, a room to a different room, and one person dies off each yeah. time they go into a different room. Um, anyway, very big yeah. digression there. Yeah, I see that. Um but that was about sort of geoengineering and how it could go wrong. Yeah. Um, and basically what they're saying is, you know, if we don't get this right, solving climate change, we're going to end up with a sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Right. Um, and we're going to be sound. fired into space in an elevator. I think so. Or we're going to need to. stream of consciousness. I think it? Jeff Bezos and other people, right. that's their main idea. Their main idea to solve climate change is... I mean, yeah, we, just get we, out the planet. We're going to go to space. Yeah. You can do you what you like. You fuckers can do what you want. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty much... The main solution. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely getting to that point now where we're sort of thinking, and it seems like a very, you know, human thing to do is that we've not really done enough and we're now just panicking and coming up with, at the yeah. last minute, the most mad ideas we possibly can yeah. to solve this problem rather than doing yeah. the stuff that seemed simple. Yeah. If we gills. started doing it, yeah. Could Humans just evolving gills. Evolving gills, or well, even artificial gills. I think that the, the, the issue is that I'm worried about racists, right? Because right. racists, the main thing that they like to say to people is go back to where you came from. Yeah. But a lot of those places will not exist anymore. Right. So they can't go back to where they came from. So I think you're gonna, they're going to have to change it to grow some gills. Grow some gills. That's yeah. your... Go back to where you came from and grow some gills. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the... I mean, there place. are some viable solutions. One, obviously, is a, a giant time machine that takes humanity back to the start of the Industrial Revolution, armed with the knowledge that we now have. Yes. Try Perfect. and have another swing at it. So we have another goal. Two is finding a way of converting hypocrisy into electricity. Now that I like. And judging by my carbon footprint, I could power a couple of schools. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> as I'm sure could most people. Yeah, and, so, and in that way, it would be the rich that are then solving the problem, Yeah, uh, which has been the main problem. All, you know, they've been yeah. causing the problem. In the UK, you know... And with Brexit, we'd be off the fucking charts, wouldn't absolutely. we? Absolutely. We'd be able to... Like 10,000 hamsters in a wheel. Oh, the world would... Yeah, if hypocrisy was renewable, the UK would be yeah. an industrial powerhouse once again. <laughs> there we go. The new problem industrial solved. revolution. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's. I think that's a good way of... Of, of solving climate change. Yeah. We just need to think a bit more outside the box. Yeah. Um, or come up with a new box. Yes. Send the box into space. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Send them. laughs> then you don't want to be outside the box. 
No. If you've sent yourself in a box into space, stay inside stay the box. Stay inside the box. Yeah. As long as you possibly can. Yeah. Plastic. Yes. Love a bit of plastic. Oh, it's terrific, isn't it? It's been useful over the last yeah. <laughs> few decades. Few decades. Yeah, it's been great for humanity. But people are saying maybe we've overdone it a little bit. Yeah. Plastic-wise, recently. Yeah, I think that's... The evidence is certainly mounting that maybe yeah. we didn't need tiny little bits of plastic in everything. Yeah, yeah. So it's an estimated 150 million tons of plastic in the world's oceans. Right. Um, yeah, but I mean, let's get this in perspective. How much water is there? I mean, in terms of percentage, it's still over 90 percent water, isn't it? Absolutely. So people say it's not that bad. You know, is it? by 2050, there's going to be as much plastic in the ocean as there are yeah. fish by weight but there's still going to be a lot more water in the ocean yeah water's the winner here yeah and acid yeah and also you know you might hear about you know the sort of the things off the six packs of beer yeah I just see that as S&M kit for sexually adventurous turtles <laughs> why do we always hear the negatives Matt <laughs> people like you peddling your lefty agenda <laughs> sexually adventurous turtles <laughs> The worst kind of turtle. <laughs> I mean, you can imagine the BBC doing some sort of documentary on that in the coming uh, yeah. Darwin's years. unpublished diaries. <laughs> I mean, people will, if people are already tuning into yeah. Blue Planet, imagine what they're going to tune into when they see some sort the of real Blue Planet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <Wait-night>. night. <laughs> Um, never knew a shell could spin so fast. Oh, um, yeah, so, but, well, the government has uh, mm. stepped up somewhat belatedly to the plate and um, they're banning plastic straws, essentially. Wow. And plastic drink stirrers. Yeah. Which is a great concern. Another one. For people who, there's going to be thousands of unstirred drinks. Yeah. Shaken, not stirred. Yeah. You're going to be a Definitely lot more of that. Yeah. Uh, and plastic cotton buds. Oh, yeah. I did read that there were apparently uh, in the UK 1.8 billion plastic stemmed cotton buds used each year in England. Right. How many ears do people have? That's what I was about to say. Who has. I think I clean my ears maybe once a year. (laughs) I'm using two of those 1.8 billion. I'm not too sure whose ears are or what they're getting used for. It's pretty crazy. They do give you, when you buy cotton buds, they don't tend to sell them in sort of packs of 10, do they? It always seems to be, here is 10,000 cotton buds. <laughs> you can't just go and buy one. Yeah, I think they should just I mean, be selling the them individually. the future of shopping, that everything should just be in... Individual. In no, no plastic, yeah, individual cotton in great buds. big buckets. And they cost quite a lot, so people yeah. are like, I'm only going to buy that if I really need to clean yeah, as a treat. I, um, horrible story... I think I told it in my uh, Edinburgh show two years ago. Once got drunk, tried to impress some people, uh, put some cotton buds in my ears and accidentally knocked one of them into my head when right. I sat down uh, and then pulled it back out and was deaf in one ear for a week. Right. Um, and I always I used it as an analogy for Brexit. Right. <laughs> Essentially, trying to impress people by... Right. Just heart, self-harming. Right. And then you decided that then your children and your children's children should also be deaf in their ears. <laughs> yes. like cotton buds rammed into them. Yeah, but now we're banning cotton buds. We can't, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we can't do that anymore. People, people but what are people going to stir their drinks with? 
Um, there's no alternative. Well, maybe it's creating extra jobs. People are going to have to come up. You know, there's going to be drink stirs well, and restaurants. With a, just sticking a finger in your drink and whizzing it around. I guess so. There's no. I mean, you can't use wood. That's a fire hazard. Yeah. You can't use metal. Metal doesn't grow on trees. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to know that. Yeah. Also, if metal falls into the wrong hands, it can be melted down and turned into a sword. Yeah. Straw, like actual natural straw, you're yep. stealing nesting materials from birds. So there's, what are you going to start? What are you going to start with? Your, your, what are your bloody? We're running out of stuff. Yeah. It's going to have to be second hand. Yeah. Ha- second hands, like other people's hands. Right. I think it's the only way to do it. Is it, we're just going to have to clean our hands. You get, yeah, I mean, would, is it all right to have one plastic stirrer for life that you just keep with you? And you take it you, to every... Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. You're, if you're a cocktail aficionado... Yeah. take your own stirrer. Take your own stirrer. Yeah. I tell you one good way of stirring a drink, I've found, uh-huh. is if you get a goldfish, uh-huh. drop, drop it, it in the drink, and then it flaps, flaps about, about. You, your drink stirred. Yeah, so... And then and you, you get a lovely back. fishy tang at the end as well. Bring it back out. I mean, yeah. it's... Sounds delicious. Yeah. What sort of cocktail is this? <laughs> I forget. <laughs> a gold... A gold it was uh, a big martini. night. It was a big it night. Sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, it sounds like some sort of Billingdon Club uh, <laughs> night out to me. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think it's mostly a good thing, banning these. But it feels like a little bit of a... And excuse the pun here, drop in the ocean. Yes. I mean, this is, this is I guess, a constant problem as an individual isn't it that yeah any decision you make personally it does it essentially feels like you're urinating into an erupting volcano yes in that it makes you feel better about yourself any piss does but it's not really helping to stop the overall Just, eruption is yeah it? to top the uh, stop the sort of yeah that never-ending flow of that needs governments around the world yeah. to work out a way of sticking corks in volcanoes Exactly. Yep. Um, I think it's a very good analogy for what we're trying to do here. Right, okay, good. But, you know, you can do bigger things. You could take a, a dump in a volcano. You know, there are... <laughs> you know, well, I guess some you could things... encourage your friends to yeah. all piss in the volcano. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and then, you know, if you have you know, a million people pissing in a volcano, then you're making... Some difference. Some difference. Very smelly difference. It's a logistical nightmare. Yeah, and is everybody standing around the top and looking at each other? I mean, it's a bit weird. Yeah. The sanitary. But, you know, we all have to do things that we're not entirely comfortable doing for the in the, the modern world, don't I, we? I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. I've um, hit the nail with my head, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got an image of you standing on the edge of a volcano. <laughs> Penis in hand, <laughs> shouting, <laughs> I'm doing this for the planet, guys. Yeah. Come on, join me. Um, How did you get hold of our <laughs> holiday video? <laughs> um, there was interestingly, uh, next to the, uh, in, in the Metro, there was an article about the ban on, on plastic straws and stirrers and cotton buds. There was another article about a fairy liquid bottle uh, from the 1960s. Oh, right. That washed Vintage. up on a... Shabby chic. Exactly. Yeah. It washed up on a beach in Arbroath recently. <laughs> a child found it in Arbroath. And they said... Oh, uh, that's the most exciting thing that's happened in Arbroath. I think it might be. I also think probably someone had just thrown it out in Arbroath. <laughs> <laughs> but it seemed to be like people were shocked about this. They said... Um, Basically, they've never seen anything like this washed up before, and you could read on it that it still said 
4D off, which meant that it was pre-decimalization in 1971. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not that it, it's in four dimensions. No, that uh, confused me for, right. for a minute, yeah. Um, which would, I guess, you know, is time the fourth dimension? That would explain why... Why it's gone through time. Yeah. It's just passed through time. Yeah. Um, it's taken that time off. Um, and they said, yeah, it's, it's remarkable that it's 47 years old, over 47 years old, um, and it shows how plastics are slow to decay, which... Yeah. It's going to be there a lot longer than those 47 years. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be interesting to think of what's going to wash up, I think, in the future that's around now on, you know, the beaches of London when it's underwater in three, four hundred years time. Yeah. People are, um, you know, finding that plastic Starbucks cup that was in Game of Thrones is going to wash up somewhere. All right, yeah, yeah. People are going to be like, oh, well, this has lasted a while. Um any ideas of things you know around now, plastic that's around now that you think's gonna people are gonna be a bit surprised about? Um, well, that's. Uh, I don't know if that's like we've yeah. we do have a lot of unnecessary stuff. Like it, it, you can understand a cotton bud, yeah, rocking up on a beach somewhere, but it feels like you know packaging of gimp masks. I guess that would be quite <laughs> hard to explain, wouldn't it? Okay, well, thank you very much. Right, it's been a part. I think we've fixed it. We, we fixed yeah, it. I, th- I think what we've done there is we've come up with some ideas. Also, we've been sat in this room now for what, almost two hours. Yes. Um, subject to, to editing, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and in that time, we've not been you know, driving a car, nope. lighting a bonfire. Nope. Um, I've not set fire to anything. You know, eating a two-kilogram steak. We've not been doing any of those things. Nope. So... Recording podcasts is very good for the environment. Very good for the environment. Yeah. Yeah, it's That's got to knock something off my 157% footprint. (laughs) Do I need to get it down to 100% or naught? 100%. A naught would be too difficult. Okay, so it's not 157% above target. No, you're 57% above target, I think. I mean, and you know, I have two children, and there's a lot of talk about, you know, how children. So if I got rid of my, Mm. if I just, you know, outsource them. Yeah. To, you know, other people. Adoption, yeah. Yeah, would that... Uh, oh, yeah, it wouldn't knock anything off that number of right. viewers, uh-huh. but it would get rid of their numbers. Okay. I mean, we're talking about... not a squad game, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So it's, you know, exactly. You have yeah. to add up all the numbers. It's not an individual right. thing, which is why it's difficult. If you focus too much on, you know, your own number, Yeah. You're, as you say, you know, the podcasts, you if someone listens to the podcast and they don't, do anything for yeah. that half an hour or whatever, then you're helping reduce their carbon yeah. footprint. So I get some of the credits for that. So what we're saying, I mean, basically, television requires yeah. a lot of people to make it. Yeah. Podcasts, yeah, not so much. No. So podcasts, very good for the environment. The problem is everyone's doing them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so if we could limit the number of podcasts, yeah. that would be fine. All right. So you just want more people doing one podcast? Everybody doing the same. If we could just have one podcast in the world, yeah. I think that would be useful. You just get everyone around a table. Nobody's allowed to. Uh, right. Well, actually, virtually. We need to do it virtually. Yeah. You've done virtually. You've had people in from Australia on your I podcast have, yeah, yeah. and stuff. That's, yeah. You don't fly them over every time. No. Nope. That's good. Yeah. It's a good business decision. So yeah. you're. I mean, you're leading. You're leading the way in this sort of. Yeah, they just virtual comedy. Send things in by telegram, and I read them out. Raven. Yeah. They used to do that with uh, with sports commentary, apparently. They oh, yeah. used to send telegrams in the uh, pre-war cricket commentary. 
So they have a telegram and then the, someone in Australia would describe what the telegram said and wow. someone would hit a bit of wood to make the sound of the ball hitting the back. They'd have to send commentary teams all around, uh, all around the world. That's a job for someone, there isn't we go. it? That's a, that's quite Let's go backwards to go forwards. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Pleasure. So that was Andy Zaltzman. Uh, it was one of the funnest things I've done for several days. Yeah, it was great to chat to him. Um, you can find Andy in Edinburgh this year at the Edinburgh Festival. He's doing a show called uh, Control Z um, for, I think, two weeks at the stand in Edinburgh. He's doing some live bugles at uh, Newcastle, Glasgow, London. Um, it's Saturdays for Hire show and obviously you can listen to him on the Bugle podcast which is at Hello Buglers and I think his Twitter is let's look at oh, oh yeah I mean I follow him is at Zoltz Cricket yeah and he's on he's, I think the Cricket World Cup's on just now so he's probably uh, doing lots of stuff for some coverage of that I'd imagine you can find uh, my shows at mattwinning.com uh, and my show Edinburgh this year is uh, called It's the End of the World as we know it tickets for that are available very there are some available uh, it's at 425 at the Pleasance uh, below and yeah that's about it I think all that's left for me to say is the show was produced and edited by Emma Corsham all of the music was done by the really fantastic composer Daniel Drever and the design and logo was done by Chumchi Design uh, I've been Matt Winning thank you for listening let's speak to you soon when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.